In the name of Jesus, amen. Our text is the first reading from the book of Revelation. You may be seated. Dear friends in Christ, did you see the picture on the front of the bulletin this evening? It's kind of a shocking picture, isn't it? A head on a platter. A dead head on a platter. It's a gruesome thing. A gory thing. And yet, it is an event that truly, really happened. John the Baptist was beheaded for preaching God's true word. And as we sang, by pointing to Jesus in the process. I hope your eyes don't get fixed permanently upon John the Baptist's head there because we have another important symbol right underneath it, a baptismal shell, the same sort of shell that we give to babies when they are baptized here at Good Shepherd. Shells have been baptismal symbols almost since the very beginning. And so we have both of those pictures, death and baptism. And that's what our focus is on this evening. For you see, Christians are guaranteed to die. Well, everybody is guaranteed to die. But Christians understand this perhaps more clearly than all the others. And in fact, for many Christians throughout history, their death has been brought about by violence, by force, by those who hate the God that we worship. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself was crucified and killed and raised from the dead. We look to him as our God, even though the world tells us that we're foolish. And so it is that many have been killed for their Christian faith, for worshiping the God Jesus throughout the ages. We have St. John the Baptist that we focus on tonight, beheaded. We have St. Stephen, the first post-resurrection martyr, stoned to death outside the walls of Jerusalem. We could go into church history and talk about St. Lawrence, who was grilled to death on a gridiron. Why? The Roman emperor asked him to bring the treasures of the church, and what did he do? He brought to the emperor the poor, the blind, the lame, and the widowed. We could talk about James, the brother of Jesus. We just had a Bible study on him not long ago, who was killed with the sword, according to the book of Acts. We could talk about church tradition. And St. Thomas, who was killed in Madras, India, believe it or not, just a few miles from where our pyramid fabric 
was shipped to us. The truth is, martyrdom has always been a part of Christianity. Not just in the ancient Roman Empire either. There's St. Boniface who was killed in Belgium. There is Jan von Essen and Hendrik Voss who shortly after the Reformation began were burned at the stake, the very first Lutheran martyrs. Martyrdom even happens now. I know you think your life has been difficult this year, 2020, the worst of all years, right? But consider in Nigeria, where this year Boko Haram has killed thousands of Christians, a few dozen at a time, through bombings. And not only killing Christians, but taking young Christian women and making them child brides for their soldiers. Consider China this year. Have you seen it in the newspapers? The Chinese communist government has been going into Christian churches because it's afraid Christian churches are growing at a rapid pace in China. So the communists are taking down crosses and pictures of Jesus and replacing them with pictures of their party heroes and their leaders. Have you seen it in the news in France? Churches mysteriously being burned down at an alarming rate. And not just in France, right? It's been happening here in the United States. Do a Google search on it. You haven't seen it in the news, but churches are being burned. And not just in riots. Oh, the riots, yes, those too seem to be after Christianity. In Portland, they are burning Bibles in their downtown area. We've heard also and tried to put together a plan here in our own congregation because we've seen other churches in our country that have had active shooters come in the back door. There's been vandalism, so churches have to have alarm systems. There's been destruction of property. Are you depressed yet? The reality is, is that the world does not like Christianity too well. The church is facing persecution. And you, you are a part of the church. Christians have a target on their back. The devil and the world do not like Christians. They do not like the hope that we have. They do not like the gospel. 
They despise it. They have since almost the very beginning when Satan led Adam and Eve astray. They seek to destroy all that God has declared to be good, including our God, Jesus. You have a target, just like he did. The world wants to wipe the faith out of your mind, and if it is unable, it wants to kill you so that other Christians might despair, so that other Christians might be too afraid to be Christian. I hope the reality of this situation sinks in. I'm not just saying these things to try and get your attention so you pay attention to all 20 minutes of the sermon. All these things are real. They're true. This world might kill you just for being Christian. They might put your head on a platter to mock John the Baptist. They might, as they did in Iraq during the ISIS war, nail you to a cross to mock your God. It's a reality. It is, in fact, what our Lord himself said the world would do. Really, Jesus said the very same thing that I'm telling you right now. He said it this way in Matthew's Gospel. Beware of men, Jesus said, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in the synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them to the Gentiles. Brother will deliver brother even over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all the nations for my name's sake. He says it even twice there in Matthew's Gospel. And it's not just there, it's in John's Gospel also. Jesus says, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but because I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus 
spoke the truth. The world is not your hope, dear Christian. Neither are any of the shiny, fancy things that it dangles before your eyes. Power, it's fleeting. Riches disappear. Lives wear out and end. Your only way out of this world is through death. Maybe naturally in the nursing home, maybe through persecution and violence. God promises you'll die. How long, O oh Lord, how long until finally you show your true colors? How long until you bring this world and Satan to its knees? Thus ask the martyrs in heaven in our first reading for tonight. And God promises that he will have vengeance on the world. He will bring this world to its end. He will destroy it with fire, he promises. The persecutors of the faith will have their comeuppance. And they will end in the eternal peril of hell. Well, that's really nice, Pastor, but what good does that do me if I'm killed, if I'm tortured, if I die? If it's my head on the platter, what hope do we have as Christians? That's why it's not just a head on the cover of our bulletin. Why, it's also a baptismal shell. We see that in our first reading for tonight from the book of Revelation. Jesus opens the fifth seal and we see a picture of heaven and all of those who have been martyred and killed for the Christian faith. And they're there underneath the altar in heaven. That means they are in God's eternal kingdom. They are in front of God's eternal throne. No longer in this world of suffering and sorrow and tribulation. And they have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. They're underneath the altar, in fact. The place where sacrifices happen. Where the blood drips down and covers all that is underneath it where the sacrifice is burned so that we are not. It is the place where the angel took the burning coal and touched it to Isaiah's lips so that his sin would be forgiven. There are the martyrs also forgiven forever. 
And it's from that altar that Ezekiel sees streams of living water flowing out from the temple around every corner of the new earth in heaven. It's the altar of heaven. The place where the ultimate sacrifice before God is displayed. The altar of the cross of Jesus. Those who are under the altar are given all peace and comfort and joy and the glory of God follows them and flows around them. And did you see what the angel gives to them? White robes. The robes of holy baptism, just like your pastors and vicar wear, just like the white garment that we give the baby when they are baptized. Receive this white garment to show that you have been clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all of your sin. Their lips are cleansed by the eating and drinking of Christ's own resurrected body and blood. Yes, in this world they were killed for their faith, but yet do they live. World without end in God's kingdom. Yes, their bodies were burned, flayed, beaten, stabbed, shot, and otherwise desecrated. But their God and your God has promised them resurrection, has promised that physically their bodies will be restored, not just to normal, but even better than normal, perfect, the very good state that God created in the very beginning. They are at peace. Dear Christian, that promise is for you as well in your baptism. God promised that you would not end in death. He washed away your sin. He made you holy and righteous in his sight through the washing of water and the word, not as an outward cleansing away of filth, but by taking away all your sin and killing it with Jesus. Taking it from you as far as the east is from the west. And in your baptism you are promised resurrection, no matter what. If you die in the nursing home many years from now, resurrection is your end. If you are killed in a persecution, martyred for your Christian faith, resurrection is your end. If you get sick with a virus and go to the hospital and die in a breathing machine, resurrection is your end. If you're lost, drowned, burned, or anything else, in your baptism, resurrection 
is your end. On the last day, Jesus will come back. He will raise your body from wherever it is and put it back together. He'll take your soul and put it back in your body and you will live forevermore. This is God's promise. Until that last great day of the Lord, should you die, you still will spiritually be at peace as is pictured just a few verses later in Revelation. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God. They serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with His presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not beat down upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb, Jesus, in the midst of the throne of the cross, will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Do not know what your end will be. But do not be afraid. Fear not. Even should the world kill you painfully, slowly, you will live. Eternity is yours through Jesus Christ who's made this promise to you, sealed in his blood, delivered in baptism, you will live because of the word of the one who has overcome death and the grave. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.